State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's good, everybody? It is our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're heading down to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival. And we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner, and they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, family? It's your girl, Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of Street Politicians, the place, the place where, where the, the streets, streets and politics meet. What's going on, my son? The general. Another day to get it right. Another day. They say another day, another dollar. Well, listen, I need a dollar. I so know. What no dollars. There wasn't no dollar. I need some dollars now. We have to talk about dollars at a later time, but everybody thinks everybody's scamming. Maybe everybody is scamming in the world. I just had a whole conversation and of which you participated in where people just think, I don't know, everybody's scamming. But I mean, we live in we live in the scamming era. So you know, everybody 
needs to be skeptical. You know, it's sad when you come from a genuine place and people think it's a scam. So it's That's hard right. for genuine people out here, man. It is. It is. I mean, it's just a time. I, I just say it's a time. Right now, I was in my DMs for two days and I told you that whenever the trolls come in my DMs, and they're not even trolls, these are people who steal accounts and then come and try to tell you, oh, you know, um, can you give me money or whatever? Those people, the scammers. Mm -hmm. And one of them took over my cousin's account and my cousin happens to be disabled as well. So the thing that they did wrong is they posted that stupid car on her page. So, you know, when they put that up, you know already that the account has been taken. So I already knew that. So they hitting me up, asking me, oh, can you help me? I'm in trouble, blah, blah, blah. And what I do, okay, I'm very proud of this, is when they do that, I go in there and I say, dog, clown, son of a bitch, your mama had, I call them everything. I say, your mama had a, a dog, you know, I tell them they got dog face. That's what I do. The vulgarity here is, well, is un, unmatched. It's wrong. It's just it wrong. Is. I it's get wrong. it. They, I know they sure they mad. They in the wrong. No, they, they had the nerve. Cause then I was like, well, then tell me what, what's my, what's our uncle's name that live in the house when, oh, why, why are you doing this to me? I'm like, first of all, you bitch. My, my cousin would have called me by now on the telephone. You dog bitch. Oh, but my children's name is this and that. So they literally went and got all her kids' names and sent them to me. And I was like, oh, I hope you choke on your yeah, you, spit. You're, you're a professional. Yeah, I said like other things. Okay, so um, I don't think I could get away with it. But speaking of money, Malcolm X children filed a $100 million lawsuit against the NYPD. And by right. the way, Let's put a pin in that because I see the NYPD, they said they didn't do anything wrong. But during the George Floyd protest, when they was out there zip tying people and, and pinning people, and remember they they remember they hit the guy in the car, like they somebody they swiped somebody and knocked the man over during the protest. They said they didn't do anything wrong, but they're going to be paying people some amount. It's millions of dollars. I think it's like a twenty thousand dollars or something per person. No, it's supposed to be yeah. Twenty twenty one thousand dollars. Twenty one thousand per person. So it's millions of dollars that they have to pay people. And I, my thing is, get them. Like you know, I'm the, every I want time Malcolm X family to get the NYPD. I want the people to get their twenty one thousand. Should be more, but I want them to get their money because these people do not learn. They do not learn. And the NYPD, while some people think, oh, you guys are in New York and it's worse with the sheriffs and whatnot down south. Bruh, the NYPD, they be out here doing some stuff. We know Crazy. about it. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy man. stuff. What? The, the corruption is real. It is real. Real, so, real. That's that on that. Um, then, you know, speaking of other news, um, Shanquella Robinson, you know, a lot of times people think that because there's a period where you don't hear much, that's just the nature of these cases. Unfortunately, you know, there's a lot that happens in the beginning. And then there's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. And there's a, 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 a blogger who, I, you know, I was getting ready to call her some of the names, Pope Baby, that I was saying to the people on the, in the DM, that ain't right. So I'm going to Suck that back in, Miss Mallory. But the reason why I say that is because there's this particular whatever YouTuber who spends a great deal of time telling people the family doesn't have a lawyer, 
They don't have their own investigative team. They, the family is responsible for this, that, and the third. Why hasn't the family done this? The family may be covering it up, covering up Shanquella's death. I mean, they have said, this person has said some really, really nasty things, and they've generated a lot of attention um, to their YouTube page by disparaging the Robinson family, and including me, by the way. They threw me in there that I did something to the family with the GoFundMe page, which, by the way, we don't receive, I don't I don't receive a dime, literally. Not, not a plum nickel. Not a nickel. What we did was help to set it up for her mom and her sister. We helped to set it up. We got all the stuff together. The email address is um, going straight to the family. There's no, we don't have access to it. We're not in the email. We don't communicate with GoFundMe on their behalf, except to contact GoFundMe through our brother, Michael Blake, and ask them to reduce the fees of what they charge for administrative um, costs. That's the only time we spoke to GoFundMe about their account. And then there was a glitch when so much money was coming in at one time. We spoke to the to GoFundMe then. Other than that, they don't pay us. They don't give us anything. We get nothing. But this, but you know, there was this Zero. other narrative out there. And the family um um, you know, had to have a cease and desist sent to this YouTuber. Like it gets to be, instead of them focusing on what they're supposed to be doing and how they need to, they're grieving and they're fighting for justice. They're having to deal with some of these YouTubers. And I really think we should do a whole discussion on that. But anyway, they're dealing with these people who claim they know. And there's a reporter who on YouTube has, he's doing some, it's just so much bullshit. Long story short, the family does have an attorney. They have had an attorney for a while, but the attorney doesn't just pop out and just start talking about stuff they don't know. They have sent an investigative team to Mexico. So all of this is now been, you know, made public knowledge where people didn't know about it before. And now they've, they're being informed and it's like, oh, we didn't know y'all had all of that. Yeah, actually we did. Well, listen, man, that's what we deal with in the internet. You know, we live in the internet era where you don't have to have any credentials. You don't have to have any background. Nobody knows who you are. You could just create a YouTube page, create a, a Facebook page, create an Instagram page, and you can talk about people who've actually are proven, who have you know credentials, who have background, who have resumes of actually literally doing frontline front work and, and, and getting results. You know, these people don't have anything else to do but just to create that. So that's that's the new thing. And people actually feed into it. And they don't ask them, how do you know this? They don't say, well, where did you get this information? They don't ask them to provide receipts or anything that can show how they get this information. People just go on the Internet and they could just down talk, you know, and, and, and do anything they can to defame anybody. So that's the that's the era we live in, you know. So I'm not surprised, man. But justice for Shanquella, you know, we there are lawyers on the case you know we're definitely going to make sure that we advocate and use our platforms and our voices to make sure that justice happens for her and you know and and and, and will of god is justice will be done yeah that's it so you know her mom wrote the help the heartfelt letter that folks have now seen you know um it's now been made public um where she basically says you know the one line that's in the letter and and you know she she um miss Robinson pretty much dictated to myself and um, her lawyer 
uh, attorney Sue Ann Robinson, what she wanted to say, you know, how she was feeling. It's her, it's from her, it's her words. And we helped her to put it together along with Quilla, her daughter. And she has a line in there that I think is so true that if my daughter was a white girl or a white woman, she believes more will be being done. That's just a fact of like, that's just, that's just American truth. That's what we know. Right? It's not, it's not racist. It's not race baiting. It is American truth. It is a fact that unfortunately a black girl by the name of Shanquella. So, you know, she black, like ain't no white people named Shanquella. Ain't no white not people yet. named Tamika. Ain't not no yet. white people named my son. There's certain names that are our names, right? Oh, they're going to steal those in a minute. Yeah, you know, but I'm just saying, well, they haven't though. Interestingly enough. I don't know any white girl named Tamika. I'm sure it probably exists, but it's not a regular, it's not a usual thing, right? So Chanquella is a black girl's name. And to think that the American government, along with the Mexican government, which the Mexican government at this point, as of this right now when we're speaking, it wasn't the case just uh, two weeks ago, but as of right now, every single thing that they need to do to get uh, charges brought against some of these individuals or at least the aggressor from, you know, that was in the video, they've done it. So now it's the State Department's responsibility, which is the American side. And this is where we constantly have a problem with uh, with seeing the, the federal government step up or any government in the United States step up on behalf of Black women. So that's the deal with that. Um, speaking of women, this is Women's History Month. Happy Women's History Month to all the beautiful women. It's women's Shout History out to the women. Shout out to the women out there. Happy Women's History Month. Happy Women's History Month. And so it is also Endometriosis Month. Endometriosis Month. So, you know, I'm always making sure that, and I hope that you will do the same to bring some things to the conversation in terms of health uh, factors for men that we as women need to know about as well. We both need to know about one another's issues and concerns and health risk. So endometriosis is among the leading cause of infertility in Black women, okay? So this is why a lot of women cannot have children. Um, and they're, the GRIO specifically, this is where I got this from, they're spreading um, awareness about endometriosis. Um, and what they talk about in explaining it is like how the, what the condition is. It's where tissue that normally lines the uterus grows outside of the uterus. And within the endometriosis, the tissue can be found on the ovaries, the fallopian tubes, or the intestines. So this, mm. all of this stuff creates pain, menstrual um, irregularities, menstrual irregularities, uh, and it ultimately creates issues where women are unable to have children. And so it is one of the number one causes of infertility. So if you are a man and you out there saying, why can't my wife get pregnant? Uh, and, and it's funny because this article says something that's very powerful. It says, Remember family, you know, you got to talk when you talk to black people, you got to say family, okay, gather around. Social media cannot provide a diagnosis, people. Social Ooh. media cannot 
provide diagnosis. So if you are a man and you live in a house with a woman and y'all don't really go to the doctor, you're pretty healthy, but you notice that she's not getting pregnant. You're trying to, y'all, you know, trying to figure out what to do. You got to go to the doctor. And when doctor. you go to the doctor, you have to push the doctor to do all the necessary testing because they will quickly send you home, tell you, oh, just keep trying. Oh, you know, pick this time of the month. No, you need to make sure. The last time we had this conversation, I just came back from having an ultrasound for um, my breasts for my mammogram. Now, I've also had an ultrasound for my uterine area, for my entire reproductive area, if you will. Um, and that is an additional, uh, 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 what do you call it? It's an additional check, if you will, to make sure that there's no cancer growing and there are no issues there. So outside of a few fibroids, I'm good. So women and men, the doctor is the only place where you can get a proper diagnosis, not on the internet, not around mom and them house, not over your cousins. You have to go to the doctor and you have to force the doctor to do what is necessary to give you the information that you need. So. Yes, ma'am. I'm about to get my job. Well, get on my job. Miss Lennon, I'm going to pass on having- I'm going to focus on it. I'm on I'm it. A, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. I'm on it. Your sister, Linda Sarso, and I have helped you. We've talked about it. We got all the stuff. We did the thing. We sent you the thing. We did life, it. Life, it was life. Life was calling for other shit. So, nah, but I'm on it now. Definitely going to get on. You know what I'm saying? Make sure. Here's another thing that's crazy that we just have to talk about today because I am. Now, let, let me preface this with this little statement. So we believe that not voting and not being a part of the process, that's out. We have already said that if there's going to be an election, if there's going to be decisions made, we at least going to have our voice as part of it, even if we don't feel that it is going, you know, that that things will substantially change, sometimes not even a little bit, but we're not going to let the process take place without us being a part of it. We've said that and we stand by that. So that's the it. reason why I'm the reason why I am putting that out there is because I don't want people to be like, oh, but y'all vote. And yet, yet we vote. This group, we That's a fact. vote. We believe we're in voting. Vote. We're going to be involved in any process um, that, you know. Nothing about us without us, baby. Nothing about us without us, right? So I'm. there's only two, three things you can do when you go to the polls. You can vote Republican. You can vote, well, it's four things. You can vote Republican. You can vote uh, independent. Sometimes, depending on if there's an independent candidate, you can vote Democrat. And of course, the fourth thing you could do is run yourself for any one of those parties and vote for you or vote for people that you know and you love and you appreciate and you trust. So here's my issue. I'm still trying to figure out, right? And I guess I can put this story as my thought of the day. For those people who tell us that either we should be voting Republican or they say that, you know, how come y'all keep going for the Democrats? I'm going to tell you this little story. Republicans are leading this conversation. And I want you to tell me who I would be voting for if I lived in the state of Tennessee. If I lived in the state of Tennessee right now and there's an election, and there are people running 
And then and these, these people, the Republicans, this is what they're saying. So there is a new execution bill that they are trying to, they're trying to in Tennessee uh, craft new legis legislation around executions. And there are two Republican representatives that are suggesting amendments to the current execution language. They want to make sure one of them has suggested a firing squad be part of the execution process. So they want you, they want to shoot you to death in Tennessee. Okay. Wow. Then the other representative says, that sounds great. I would like to make sure we can hang them too. Okay. They want to hang you and they want to shoot you to death. Take them out back, Billy Bob. Billy Bob, take that boy out back and hang him and shoot him. Shoot him now. This sound like this sound like some old slave. This is like some Negro spirituals. We watch an old slave movie. They done took, they done caught um Kunta. They done they done tied his ankles up. They done hung him by a tree, or they done shot the lady up. Like this is crazy. The fact that the fact that this is something that somebody even proposes is really troubling to me. And, and what's even more troubling is that there are people that tell you that these are the people that we should be following behind. The mind state, this is what I'm trying to tell you. There's a there's a really sick thing going on out here. You know what I'm saying? The defect, and, 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 it, and it, it's indicative of what we've suffered throughout history. You know what I'm saying? It's, the, it's indicative, it's what history has shown us how America is built on white supremacy and the white supremacy values. And when they talk about this violence and all of these things, man, like you said, man, we learned this from you. This right. is this is what y'all, this is the shit that y'all do. I don't, I can't see me ever saying, yo, you know, first of all, I don't, I, I'm not even for the death penalty. Like that's not really something that I'm all for. But um what about if it's a child? Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm not all for it. There's, there's certain instances that I might. But for the most part, that's not really something that I really call for. But if it was called for, I don't think... I wouldn't want to see somebody just shot by a firing squad. I wouldn't want to see somebody hang until they, they were lifeless. Like, that's just not something, you know, that a person of good moral fiber, of a good... God-fearing individual just wants to see, you know. So it's it's really really sad. I mean, it's crazy. But crazy. if you look at the first of all, here's the other part of this conversation that we don't we we have our guests joining us, um, so we won't have a chance to really delve into it too much today. But here's the other part of the conversation. This is why we, especially Black pastors and organizers, I mean, well, Black pastors and seniors, people who are concerned about public safety, I respect that. I would not take away from any person that they should not, in this moment, be calling for um, stronger public safety measures. But a lot of it has to be community-based, right? Because when you start calling your legislators, I was having a conversation. I was at the White House uh, for the Black History Month celebration, which, by the way, I was waiting. Every minute I was looking around like they're going to come and say, Miss Mallory, we're not sure how you made it back on the list. But we 
off this list several times and you have to go because I don't get invited to the White House. But I did this time. So I went because I was invited and I wanted to make sure that there are certain people that I knew would be there, some congressional members and otherwise that I was able to roll up on and say, hey, you know, we're still working on these things. And in fact, I didn't even talk much about police accountability. I had a conversation with a number of important folks in the government from Department of Justice and otherwise about Shanquella Robinson. It was, you know, and that's what we have to do. You walk in the door and it's like, yo, which, because you're not going to get them to stop and listen to you talk for 25 minutes about everything that you were involved in. Even though people were coming up to me about police issues, and I had some conversations with CBC members and others about that. But for me, what I was going to people about is, hey, listen, Shanquella Robinson, we need you as an advocate, need you to be speaking to the State Department and, you know, Department of Justice, hey, what's happening? So so with that being said, I think the other piece that we have to be mindful is that when we're talking about public safety and we start calling elected officials and others and telling them it's too much shooting going on and it's killing and it's this and that and we need more police and we need without saying we need more jobs. We need more mental health support. We need more services and resources so that these young people can get themselves together and off the streets. When we do that, we put ourselves, all of us, in danger. Because you said something very powerful um, on the episode of uh, Sit Down with the Stand-Ups, that any moment it could be you. So right now, you as grandma so-and-so or pastor such-and-such, you out here calling for more policing and stricter laws because you want to see a change in public safety in your community. And then when your nephew gets caught up in something, a good kid that has never really been in trouble, but somehow or another he got in a fight or this thing happened or that thing happened. And now he's on death row in Tennessee. Oh, guess what? Firing squad. Okay, this is what they're talking about, hanging and tougher execution processes. This is so we have to be careful because what we call for, it can turn back on you and you might forget about your nephew. What about you? It could happen to you. So I just think we, you know, because you, if I'm sure if we check the stats of who's locked up in Tennessee, it's always going to be more of us than it is of them. And when that, and when those numbers are very clear and present, guess what? When they start talking about execution strategies, when they start talking about banning education so you don't know who you are, when they start talking about not make not giving you the right to choose and access to certain resources that you need and your Supreme Court becomes aligned with some of these individuals that, uh, you know, because of obviously we have a Supreme Court where there are many Republicans who are, uh, or conservative leaning judges, right? We are outnumbered as liberals, if you will. When all of that starts lining up, these people are putting things in place that will, will, will literally be our demise as a people. And I just think we have to be careful. It doesn't mean I think the Republicans are all right and they're doing everything right. I mean, the Democrats are right and that they're doing everything right. Of course, I don't think that. Of course, I think that there's evil, there's racism, there's sorry laziness, there's weakness. I think all of that. But I'm also smart enough to know that HB 1245, that's the law, if you want to look it up in Tennessee, shit like that is dangerous and it's happening all over the nation. Well, listen, you ain't said nothing that I don't know. You know, these people are, are very intentional 
about putting laws and policies that are always going to negatively affect those who are the least of these or those who are marginalized, those who are from communities who lack resources. I mean, all of these, every time there's a, a you know, a, a law put into place that in my judgment that I've seen Republicans, Republicans are very they're strategic, right? They give you 1% of something that might look like it works for you, but 99% of shit that's going to destroy you. So we always go for, you know, somebody throws the, the coins in the air when they got a bag full of money and you on the, on the floor trying to pick up the coins and think they done gave you something. Gotta be very careful, man. The bait and switch, you know, is real, real serious out here, man. Black people have been falling victim to the bait and switch for years. So pay attention, y'all. Don't, don't listen to what they tell you. Watch what they show you. No, that's right. And that goes for all of them, but... All of them. Everybody is there. Everybody, everybody. So let's bring our guest on, you know, another friend joining uh, Street Politicians today. But I'm excited about this friend because she's a friend that I know I get on her nerves because we work together every day. But she, um, you know, very quiet storm who just does her work and keeps her head down. And yet she has a, a major brand and does some really big work. And we wanted to give her the opportunity to tell her story today on street politicians so let's bring on our guests state farm insurance gets it representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity state farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future building off the hard work our parents have done before us we all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did that begins with financial literacy State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags to riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yo, I'm hype. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed down to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support black excellence in the STEAM fields. Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with the Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and share it with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit. Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You will not want to miss this because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill in your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. 
Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Moments like seeing my son's team cheer him on mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that has spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palbocyclib. Ibrance 125-milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR-positive HER2-negative NBC as the first hormonal-based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. So Tiffany Williams, as I just told you all, she works with our team every single day and handles all types of managerial responsibilities for you and me, my son. Um, but she also has her own life. She's got her own things going on. Her really, own stuff. Yeah, she got her own stuff going on. And I, and I love this about her because you never know it, although we know it. She's a boss babe uh, in her own right. And so I want to introduce to folks uh, our girl, Tiffany Williams, and her brand, Belargo PRJ. Hi, my love. My Hello, Tiffany. guys. Thank you so much for that having me. That just sounds so expensive. Belargo PRJ. Belargo. Belargo PRJ. Don't hurt nothing now. <laughs> So Tiffany, you are a fashion brand consultant. And even in your fashion world, you do empowerment things and empowering things for young people. So why don't you tell us what it means to be a fashion brand consultant and what is the full spectrum of all that you do in the fashion world? Sure. So Right uh, for the past, I'll say five years or so, I've been, although I'm still full thriving with being a brand owner, I wanted to step on the backside of the brand, um, specifically because when I started my brand, like a lot of the things that I needed to know 
social media wasn't really big. I started in 2003. We were just like on the cusp of MySpace. So all of the online coaching um, mentors, I didn't really have access to a lot of information I needed to know. And I just really wanted to be able to pay it forward to young creatives that are coming up, starting brands, building brands. So they wouldn't make a lot of the costly mistakes that I made before I was able to become successful. So on the consulting side, um, I have my own platform, Belargo Consulting, where um, not even just in general to, to fashion um, brands, business in particular, I help people with strategic branding. But in the scope of fashion, I do all things fashion from how to source a manufacturer, how to properly, you know, set up your, your brand legally the right way, um, budgeting, bookkeeping, uh, design, creative direction, all kinds of things. And then outside of my own platform for the past four years, I've been a streetwear instructor at the Misa Hilton Fashion Academy. Um, I am also a entrepreneurship instructor um, in several schools throughout New York uh, and Newark. Mm, and here, just recently, I picked up a school in Chester, PA, so I'm finally back on my side. How did you come up with this name? Like, I love it. It just sounds so exotic and it sounds dope. Like, what is so, the name? So, fun fact for the name um, originally, when I started, I had uh, there is a co founder with me. We knew that we wanted to be intentional of creating a name that if, you know, 10 years from now, I don't want to do fashion. It wasn't something that like boxed us in. I also wanted something intentionally that you really couldn't tell who was behind the brand. Cause uh, for that reason, I didn't want to box myself in. So my partner came to me with a list of names, Belargo and PRJ being on a long list of like 50 names, but they both stood out to me. And I just, um, pick those out. And I liked how they sound together. Uh, at the time I was working, I was a manager at a country club. One of my, uh, one of the frequent attendants were, was French. So I asked her, how could we spell it phonetically so that it appears French and it sounds French. And honestly, that's the story behind the name. Wow. wow. I love it. I love it. So um, what, like, what made you want to get into fashion? Like, how did you, what you say, I want to do fashion? Like, did you wake up? Did you always want to do it since you was young? Like, I've always loved fashion since I was young, but it wasn't honestly anything that I really saw as a career path. This kind of fell in my lap by accident. Um, initially, I was trying to start, open a shoe boutique. My partner and I met at um, a behind the beat session for Little Kim's La Bella Ma Mafia album. In Philly, our radio stations, anytime someone was dropping an album, they used to do like these private listening sessions. You could win tickets off the radio. I want a ticket, so did my, my partner. We're both from Philly, but we did not know each other at all. Um, Little Kim was able to pick like 10 people to go backstage. He and I were two of the people that got to meet her afterwards. And just in the waiting to meet her, we, we started a conversation um, around fashion. We exchanged phone numbers. And the next day, literally, uh, we had a six-hour conversation on the phone about all things fashion. And, and at the end of that conversation, we just decided to start a brand. So it was a dynamics of one, not even really understanding the fashion space. And then two, we were we didn't know each other. So I had to learn my partner in that dynamics as well. Mm -hmm. Learning your partner. And yeah. so, so in teaching business, 
you are like trying to help people get in front of those very same things, learning your partners, knowing how to collaborate, you know, knowing how to do very basic business things all the way to high level, because I've actually uh, sat through via um, streaming some of the classes, like, you know, just get, picking up information. And I see some of the instruction and what, especially Nisa Hilton, you know, she's a, a friend, a dear friend and sister of ours um, in her classes, in her academy, and what you all, the content you're bringing to young uh, fashion-minded or whatever people who, young people who want to get into the industry. And it's so much more than wear this color with this color. I mean, there's, that's like, would you say that's the, like having the fashion sense is first or is it the business? Like what comes first? So, I mean, you definitely have to have fashion sense, but what I tell, what I honestly tell my students is once I, once it became a business for me, create like the creative side is probably 20%. I I honestly Mm -hmm. say some days it's 10%. Mm -hmm. That business dynamic is 80 to 90%. There are times that just business decisions that I need to make for the brand will overshadow what I want to do creatively. Um, and, And that's the balance that you have to have, but you first have to have the knowledge to understand, you know, the business. And that's why, um, especially at Mises Academy, even on, the courses that she does on styling. That's why that was one of the reasons she started the Academy uh, because so many creatives lack the business side. Mm. Can you take, can, can I take a styling course at her Academy? Like if I wanted to sign up, I could do it or I have to be a younger person or what? No, we have um, in, in all of our classes, the only age requirement is that you're a high school graduate. So there's no cap. We have um, no cap on the age. We have, you know, college students, we have some, you know, some students who have already gone to school for fashion and want to kind of rebrush on the and touch up on the business side. We have people who are retired and this has been like their lifelong passion and and now they have the time to kind of dive into it. So we have all uh, dynamics of the spectrum. Mm. So, you know, you say you you want to um, create this course so that people didn't make the same mistakes and go through the same thing. What would you say was some of like two of the biggest things that were that hold you back or, you know, that were stopping that stopped the progress? Uh, first and foremost was definitely money management. Mm. Uh, when I again, when we started, it wasn't really it was just something that we were doing. We were kids. We were young. We were just being creative and doing things that we loved. And I really honestly, back then, I would have never thought I would still be around 20 years later. Uh, We weren't even intentionally trying to start a full-fledged fashion brand. And when the brand hit, it really hit. So the money was coming faster than I knew how to manage. And needless to say, we blew a lot of money. Um, Just not understanding, you know, money management and and the financial side of it. So that is like mistake number one. Um, Two, I would definitely say understanding the importance of branding. When social media hit, we were lost in the water because, again, we were a brand that started pre-social media. So a lot of my connections and a lot of the traction that the brand had was very organic. I sold uh, shirts out of the trunk of my car for almost five years after work. So a lot of it, like I knew my customers, it was, you know, more in in person and personable. And then we had this amazing tool that that social media and now, you know, 
content is is actually a second job. Like that's super important. And we were behind the curve instead of in front of it. So then we had to play catch up. Mm, so, okay. I can see that money management and then also being um, responsive to the times, which yes. is, I think that's something that, that those skills are transferable. That's not just about fashion. That's in any area of business. You have to have both of those things in order for your business to grow. It's the same thing in Until Freedom. Until Freedom. It's the same thing in my consulting um, firm. It's everywhere. You've been talking about this brand and you know your fashion company, if you will, blowing up. So tell us specifically about that. What is it that you actually design? Um, and you know, and give us the story behind you, you behind how you actually started designing clothing. Um, so initially, surprisingly, we were not a streetwear brand. We were actually ready to wear women's when we first launched. Um, my partner loves like technical design and women's clothing. Um, Gilly the Kid, who is a very dear friend of mine's, um, we got offered our first fashion show. The, the producer of the show knew that was a friend of mine. He wanted Gilly to walk in the show. And he asked me, could I get Gilly on my set? So I'm like, well, I don't know what he would wear. We make women's clothing. The quickest thing that we could think to do was a t-shirt. And um, our first t-shirt design was super simple. It was a box. It said Belargo Boy, um, a play off of Bugle Boy back then. Mm -hmm. We did the t-shirt. Gilly agreed to do it for me. He wore the t-shirt and that was honestly like at, at this point, I'll say we're probably a year and a half into like just making clothing, doing photo shoots, doing a whole bunch of nothing really. Um, but Gilly wore the t-shirt and we got a good response. That was the first item that, that people actually started to ask me for and was interested in purchasing. So honestly, that shirt is what took me out of the trunk of my car um, and got us our first boutique. We did almost seven figures in sales off of this, just this one t-shirt logo. Wow. Um, our strategy then was influencer marketing, but I didn't understand. I didn't know that it was influencer marketing. So basically after Gilly wore the shirt, everyone else that I had relationships with in, you know, in the city, um, we are a hip hop inspired brand. So I know like a lot of artists, I gave them, you know, I, I gave them shirts. Can you wear this? If you're doing a performance, can you wear this at your next event? Can you wear this? And the brand just organically, you know, took off. And then once we were able to open our first boutique, it kind of like became synonymous with hip hop. So anytime artists was in the city, they would drop through the through the store. I honestly have never had to do any paid, you know, influencer placement. And we've I've had almost everyone in the brand from Meek Mills, 50 Cent, Nicki Minaj. Um, we just had a very organic kind of community that started to build behind the brand. Wow, that's amazing. So th there's a lot of brands. Like, you know, I'm 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 all for black owned brands. I've been promoting them lately, you know, because I believe we need to invest in us, you know, because everybody else is investing in them. So we need to invest in us. What would you say separates you from every other brand? What is it about your brand, what is the quality? What is the what is it that, that separates you saying you need to get Belago because this is what we have that nobody else has? So, I mean, I definitely stand 100% behind my quality. I have people who have purchased things 
three years ago and I, and I see it and, and it's still holding up. It still looks great. Um, but the one thing I would say for, for us, it's bigger than fashion. Like Belargo is a lifestyle brand and we're rooted in community. Um, the reason why I would say it was hip hop influence, I look, I kind of look at Belargo parallel to the same way I look at hip hop and the reason I fell in love with hip hop. Um, hip hop for when it first started, people thought it was going to be you know, it was a fad. It was this phase that would go away. It's the number one genre of music today. It has touched every other genre of music. And no matter how how much people try to box it in, you just can't. And I feel like that was my journey when, when starting. Um, and especially not just being a Black-owned brand, but then the dynamics of being a female in this space, in the streetwear space, which is far too obsolete. Um, there were so many people that just, you know, thought this was a phase and told me we couldn't, I, I you know, I, I got offers um, from different people that wanted to buy into the brand and they're like, you might as well just let us buy in now to help you build it up and sell it uh, because a black owned brand could never be a Ralph Lauren. Mm -hmm. And I just choose to disagree. Um, for me, I honestly, this is not really a money project. This is a passion project. This is the one thing I would say in my life that I would do, even if money is not on the table. So outside of, you know, us having great, you know, great products, there's a lot of heart and soul that's behind the brand. And the bigger picture is I like to build community behind the brand. Okay. That sounds like a thing. Well, that's great. I mean, you know, I hear that because there are a lot of people who you know, their customer service is terrible. They hardly ever have, they're not anywhere. All you know about them is that they sell a lot of poor quality things that, you know, look cute on Instagram, but when you actually get the package in your hand, it's falling apart, the seams ain't right. It's a good picture, but it's not actually a good, you know, something good for you to wear. Um, and like you said, to get life out of. So that's one and two of the community piece, I think is important because you have to touch people and meet people. Doesn't matter how many times we post information on social media, it, it does okay. But what actually is more effective, mouthpiece, touching hands, walking, knocking doors and helping people to understand how they benefit from what it is that we're doing. So I agree with you 100% on that. Um, and, you know, we're really proud to, to be able to shine a light on women also who are out here really, um, you know, making strides in the fashion world. Because it, it seems like when we talk about Black-owned fashion, I'm often able to find a lot of men Great. And I love it. I appreciate it that are selling sneakers, that's selling clothes, but it's hard to find women that have like not, I'm not talking about ready to wear. I'm not talking about because the girl, the girls have all the boutique clothes. And, and unfortunately, some of them sell the same thing on every site. And there are a few like Miss Blake Miami. She has a lot of different types of outfits and things that you can get in better quality. So that exists. There's a world for that. But like you said, actual streetwear clothes and maybe a higher quality of yeah. clothes. And furthermore, not something that you can just go pick off of a wholesale site, right? Yeah. But like really well-designed, very original things. We don't have a lot of women out here that's doing that. Milano, we have to get yes. her. She's a Philly native. Shout out to Milano. We have to give her. So you and her, I mean, 
it's not many more. So it's really good for Women's History Month to be able to shine the light on you, Tiffany. Shine the light on them. Thank you, guys. I'm, it's a pleasure to be on this side of the spectrum with, with you all. Um, I'm yeah, you be working, telling us what we need to be doing and all that stuff. So and I've been getting on her nerves. To celebrate you is is amazing. You from Philly? Who is yeah. your favorite Philly artist? I'm because I'm a I love Philly music so much, and I grew up on Philly music. But I just want to know, like, who is your favorite? Oh my son, you're trying to get me. I'm in trying trouble. to get you in trouble. I have to name one. I name two. Okay. Um, Number one is going to well, not in not in any particular order. Um, Spade. I love Spade. That's my guy. Um, and I'm I I would honestly say Meek, and I know that sounds cliche, but I just for his contribution to Philly hip hop, I would say Meek. Dope. Spado, that's my guy. Shout out to Spado. Shout out to Meek. You know they they've contributed so much to hip hop. Like Philly, like when I start, when I got into the game is when Beans and Spade and they just started getting in. So we all came in at the and same. And if you would have let me go into three and five, Beans was definitely coming. I, I, I know that. I'm saying I figured. I know they in the, the five and all of that. But I got in with them, so I, I have a a real um soft spot for all the Philly artists. So you know you you come from a lineage. You know, y'all come from this one of the cities. A, I think it's not a sore spot because sore spot is negative. I think it's a uh, sweet spot. I have a, a week. Sweet. So then we got to come up with a different word. Okay. Well, I have Philly. a lot of love for Philly artists, you know, so I appreciate you. And you're another one of the Philly people that we love. Keep doing what you do. But Lago PRJ. All right, Tiffany, thank you for me. I need to get me some stuff and get me a Yes, I need to get some stuff to both of you. Come on, man. Come on, Tiff. What's good? Thank you so much, Tiffany, for joining the Street Politicians. We love you and happy Women's History Month. We love you. Happy thank Women's you. History Love you guys. Keep being great. Thank you. Yes, yes. State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future, building off the hard work our parents have done before us. We all are looking to create generational wealth so that our families and generations behind us have a better starting point than we did. That begins with financial literacy. State Farm helps fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth. To date, participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarships offers as a direct result of contributions from State Farm. At Eating Walbrook, we hear inspiring rags-to-riches stories on each episode from our guests, but with State Farm, you can begin to write your own success story. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yo, I'm hype. The Black Effect is live. This April 27th, the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival is headed down to Atlanta's very own Pullman Yards. Last year was incredible, and this year will be even more thrilling, especially with Nissan coming back along for the ride. Nissan is returning with some empowering activations to support black excellence in the STEAM fields. 
Have a podcast idea you've been eager to share with the culture? Well, Nissan is back with the Pitch Your Podcast Lounge. You'll have the chance to record your podcast idea and share it with the Black Effect Podcast Network team. But that's not all. Nissan is taking the stage to spotlight some of the HBCU scholars from their own Thrill of Possibility Summit. Nissan's action-packed weekend of community building, mentorship, and professional development for HBCU scholars pursuing professions in STEAM. The Black Effect Podcast Festival is the event to be at. You will not want to miss this. Because no matter where life takes you, Nissan will dial up the thrill in your adventures. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? But don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. We got some dope friends that do so many different things. Like we we used to getting on Tiffany's nerves and her doing all this stuff, but she is just dope boss in her own yeah. right. Tiffany's a she has so much going on. So it's good to be able to shine a light on her and celebrate her and during Women's History Month. Absolutely. You know, I love Tiffany. That's all I can say. I love her and I hope that people learn from her example that she's not just a fashion uh she she's not she doesn't just have a fashion brand but she's also educating she's paying it forward she's working with us at uh at uh until freedom and specifically with uh you and I so she's just like all around dope and her energy is also good and pure you would never know that Tiffany's doing so well in the fashion world because she's so quiet and humble but humble doesn't really pay the bills so I'm yeah, gonna tell her yeah. like like Cleo Trapper said, you gotta be a little mean. Cleo Trapper, Lord have mercy. Since we're talking about women's history and it's women's history month, and we're talking about fashion, it kind of actually segues into my I don't get it. 
Now, listen, I'm all for everyone being who they are, you know, your own sexual preference, your own, all of these things. But I seen this new commercial, the ASAP Rockies, you know, and um, I'm watching the commercial. You know, I first of all, I'm on fuck Gucci anyway. I don't fuck with Gucci at all anyway. You know, so it's a Gucci guilty, I guess is their cologne or whatever it is. So I see um, the girl from, what's her name? Ruth, Ruth, Ruth Langmore, Ruth right. Langmore. You know, she's in the, the the thing. I'm like, okay, this is dope. And then, you know, some other guy and they're moving around. It's like supposed to be, you know, some some fashion shit. There's a bunch of fashion shit going on. So next thing I know. I what you say is a bunch of fashion stuff. Yeah, some fashion shit. You know how they do fashion shit? You laying on the rugs. The white person's over there. They look like they real pairs. You know, it's a bunch of this fashion Europeanized fashion shit that they got going on now. So, you know, I'm used to seeing it. So ASAP Rocky's in there. I'm like, okay, it's cool. You know, he's part of some fashion shit. Then next thing I know, Ruth Langmore, the little white guy, pale white guy, Ruth Langmore and him are kissing each other as ASAP is laying on the guy's shoulder in the bed. So I'm like, okay, don't know where this fits into this. Don't even know where this is going. Then there's another thing where ASAP and the guy face to face almost look like, you know, they're about to kiss each other. Then there's a, a rubbing of the boot situation that I'm I'm just, I don't get it, right? And it's not saying that I need to get it, right? But I don't understand, are you trying to tell us something? Or is there, you know, is this is there, you're trying to say that, hey, I'm, I'm bisexual, I'm pansexual, I'm sexually fluent like I, i'm i'm starting to say to fluid, myself fluid fluid, fluid. you know i'm and, and it's once again there's nothing wrong everyone has their own sexual preference everyone is born how they're born and you could love and you can do whatever you want with your body and that's your thing I, but i'm starting to believe right because i'm really starting to believe that the just all the way heterosexual man might be the minority like, I, I, and, and, and that might be a right, because I, I believe, because I'm watching, right? And there's so many people that you're seeing do things that are not in so much the heterosexual world. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's everyone is sexually ex exploring certain things. And I'm starting, to, I'm starting to feel like we, black men, or not just black men, just the heterosexual men, you might, you might want to re-step, think back, because we might really be the minority thinking that, you know, we've been the majority, this is, you know, quote unquote, what is supposed to happen. We might not be, you know, everybody might be sexually fluid. You know, there might be way more sexually fluid and, and bisexual men than there actually are. And I'm not saying he is or isn't, but I'm just trying to say, is that what they're saying? What is, what, is it just trolling? Like, are we it's supposed to just get a response? You know, I, I'm just, I don't get it. I, that's all I'm trying to say. I'm not getting it. And once again, I do. I get it perfectly well. So I think that I, you know, I don't have. I don't want to come off as being judgmental about ASAP Rocky or anybody else. But it doesn't. It's not. It. It to me. It represents. It looks like him. Like I. This is what I see him. I see him as being someone who is probably sexually fluid. 
I've never looked at ASAP Rocky and said, oh, this guy is, you know, uh, uh, just a heterosexual guy. I've never felt like that. I've always felt like he's somebody that is free and open to different types of experiences. I've I never got that. I ain't gonna lie. I, I always thought that he was creative, like from, I thought he was, you know, a creative. I thought he, you know, he was on the, the cutting edge board. He wanted to do different creative, but I didn't, his sexuality was never something that I thought was bi or fluid. I didn't, I didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? So well, I think that's now, why that's why I I didn't now this, this is why more people are coming out, if you will. And and so and I and I wouldn't say they're coming out like, oh, I'm gay or I'm whatever, I'm bisexual and whatever. But I think more people are starting to say that the social norms that have existed, they are they're pushing against it, right? They are now making it clear that the social norms are changing. And it's been like this, like there are always periods within, you know, our lifetime where culture shifts and where more things that were not um, uh, what's were accepted become more at the forefront. So there was a time when a black man and white woman couldn't get married or, you know, interracial couples really couldn't exist. And then they, they began to make strides in that area. And now you see it. No, more. no, 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 no. That's not, that's not something that's advocated for or even pushed out as much. That's not yes, really. It is. I I, let it. me tell you, I'll tell you why. You know why? Because, because I see it on the cover of magazines. Like I'm, I'm a person that picks up magazines. See, the thing is, you are seeing this because it's triggering for many different reasons. It may be triggering for your own personal thoughts. I didn't say it was triggering. I it just, it, I, let me finish my point. Let okay. me finish my point. It may be triggering for your personal thoughts, but more than likely it's triggering because when you're scrolling on your timeline, based upon the diversity of men and people that you're friends with, you're seeing so many different opinions about it. People that you see on there like, this is amazing. Then you might have people that's like, they, this is an agenda. Then you got people. So it could be triggering to be like, oh, let me look into this a little more. Let me see how I feel about it. But you wouldn't. I don't think the word triggering really fits. Okay. Well, well because you're seeing triggering as being negative, And I'm not saying it in that way. Okay. When I say triggering, what I'm saying is, there are things that sometimes it triggers a positive response for me, right? Like I might see a baby and it triggers me to think of joy and love. Triggering does not have to mean negative. But trigger in, in, purpose, in this day, is this day and age? I understand. But the, the purpose trigger? of this conversation, we will not even use the word triggering. What I would say well, yeah, is that it, it causes you to see it, think about it, have an opinion. You don't even pay attention to the cover of a magazine where there's an interracial couple. You don't even pay attention to that. It's not going to come up much in your conversations with people. It's just not a part of the dialogue. For me, though, I'm going to be honest. See, I'm going to be 
vulnerable and honest in saying that when I see a black man, a powerful black man, and he is on the cover or married to or whatever, I see him on a basketball court because we know that many of our uh, athletes are married to white women or they're in relationships with white women. When I see that, it is triggering. I will use that word in the way in which you're saying to me, it at least causes me to be like, mm, let me, let me look. Sometimes I look and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. Sometimes I look and I'm like, are you serious? You couldn't find a black woman. So all of us, based upon our experiences, based upon where we stand, we see things in from that perspective. And as a single black woman, who is in the pursuit of the love of my dreams and the life of my dreams, it is absolutely impactful, if you will. Like it, it does impact me when I see black men dating outside of the race, knowing that there's so many beautiful black women that are available to, to choose from. So I'm only saying that to say there is there, there have been multiple societal norms that have been deconstructed, broke down or whatever over time. But here's my only position on this, just to make it very clear. Just like I'm using the example of the interracial relationships, there is still an overwhelming majority of Black people that will never, ever marry or even date white or whatever. They just ain't going to White people ain't going to marry or date. And that's it. So even in this area, no matter what you do, no matter how many times they put out images of ASAP or this person, they were going crazy about Michael B. Jordan, which by the way, I was a little confused about the Michael B. Jordan cover too. I ain't gonna lie. I was kind of like, hmm, I didn't get it. Like it just came out of nowhere. That's what it is. Is I just don't ASAP, that didn't come out of nowhere for me. Okay. You see what I'm saying? ASAP for me, I'm talking about for me. It didn't come out of nowhere. It fits, I get it. But Michael B. Jordan, I was kind of like, I don't get it. But maybe it's just the love between two black men, fine. And I and I admit that in my mind, men who are not gay, who are not bisexual, don't have don't do certain positioning on one another, right? Like I that's the, that's in my mind. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's one of the problems why so many black men have emotional issues where they're unable to cry with their fathers, their brothers, or hug one another, or you know, give one another love and affection. And 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 hence the fact that in so many black households, we have men who are unable to show affection to their family and perhaps it's because of some of the societal norms so i don't I, think you know what i want to put you know what I, I i just i believe some of these things right just being a black man and 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 yes we've been taught that you not to just cry right not to just cry when you fall you you in the midst of war right we we've been taught that that ain't the time for you to cry right we cry in the dark we cry when it's when we when we feel safe like i've cried Right. I've cried on my brother. Me and my brother have cried to each other. You know what I'm saying? I've held my friend's hands while I cried. I walked around the yard where my grandmother died in the prison and cried because my grandmother died with three or four people that I love. And they hugged me in yeah, the but prison. My son, no, no, listen, listen. No, no, no. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm I'm let me talk. I just want to I want to finish saying what I'm saying. I'm saying that I I've been around men who are deemed to be the, the strongest. 
the, the warriors, and I've watched them cry. I've watched them be vulnerable, right? And I know that that exists. So this, this, there is a stigma, there is this narrative that we've been taught not to, of course we've been taught not to cry. We've been taught like in the midst, when you're going through some shit and they want to see you crying and it's going, and, and that weakness that you show at that moment is going to lead to your demise. No, you don't cry. You get up, you wipe that shit off and you keep moving. When you, when you feel something, when you know that you, you're surrounded by people who are going to see that as a weakness and you're going to be prey, no, you don't cry. But there are, there are a lot of us men who are alpha males, who are strong, who've been taught not to cry. We cry when we feel safe. We cry in the arms of people that we love. We've done so, that. So I don't, I don't agree I don't, all the way. So I'm it. telling you that maybe you need to have some conversations with psychiatrists who are working through this with Black men all over the world. There is an issue where Black men have been taught to be hard, to be cold, to be a certain no, way. Never, and, and let me finish. Let me finish now. And it translates in how they deal with their women at home. It translates in how they deal with their children. It translates in generations of young Black kids that grow up never even being told they are loved by their parents. You are a different type of man. You also have had to learn that over time, right? We uh, One of the, the bigger, anyway, even in my own family, let me, because I like to bring it home. My father has said to me, I know that I don't often tell you I love you or speak to you that way, but I want you to know that I do because he recognizes that in his household, my grandfather was not the kind of man that walked around telling his children, I love you, telling them and, and, and giving them certain types of expressions of affection. This is something that has been taught to us as a survival mechanism that is actually not healthy. I don't care what you say, it's not healthy. I'm not talking about in moments of war. But the problem is that what I keep saying, and we just had this conversation yesterday about a whole different topic that I do not want to get into today, is that situations of war are one thing, but a lot of these things, these attitudes and behavioral patterns are being transferred and translated and, and, and they, they move into family, right? There's no cutoff for it. And so it is an unhealthy thing. Now, I'm not saying that showing men hugging and laying over each other or kissing each other or damn near kissing each other in the mouth is going to change that. I'm not one of those people that's going to say that. So that's not what we're talking about. What I was getting to is that there are a lot of societal norms that have to be at some point looked at, right? To decide whether they are more helpful or more harmful. I don't know. I only was giving you an example of what triggers me. I use the word you said trigger. Don't use that word for you. And I respect that. But for no, me. I said don't use it in that situation. You okay, can, I mean, I'm triggered I, by things, but those that thing didn't trigger me. Okay, so that's fine. But I'm telling you that in the example I gave you, I am triggered when I see Black men married to or in relationship with white women as a single Black woman who knows that I am an, a, a viable uh, a candidate or whatever you want to call it for any man that wants a good woman, especially a good Black woman. So it is triggering to me. And the only the reason why I brought that up is because what I'm saying is that based upon where we sit in life, right? And what we are, what we've experienced or how we feel about certain things. When we see certain images, when we see 
or and certain certain yeah certain images and narratives out there in the world it triggers concerns causes reason to look deeper into it whatever language you want to put on it based upon your purview where you're sitting so i i was only giving you an example of mine and saying that there are societal norms that have existed since forever that may not be that healthy for our communities and we just have to look at that and decide i do know this one thing and i will say this on this issue and i'm done and you take it from here I will say this, I am very concerned that there are young people out here who are living with something, a pressure on them around either being gay, being bisexual, not really knowing or feeling uh, uh, that they are um, different for many reasons. Sometimes it's, it's not even just um, your sexuality. It could be being fat. It could be being whatever, too skinny, because too skinny was one of my issues when I was coming up. I was too skinny, right? Because it's been a while that these images of women with these sexy bodies and shit, now I halfway have one and I'm like, Lord, I could lose 10 pounds. But I'm just saying, I was the too skinny girl that looked like two sticks and people made fun of me about that. And it concerns me that because of, again, societal norms, because we have men, fathers, women, wives, whatever, out here saying that they won't accept their children and their loved ones for who they truly are, that there are people dying by suicide, that they out here hurting and harming other people. And I do think we have to have that as a part of the dialogue. What are we doing yeah, what I, what, to our kids? What I, what I also think as part of the dialogue, right, is that we don't make those people who don't have those issues feel shamed, right? We don't make those people who are confident, who, I are, agree. Strong, who are strong, who are aggressive, I mean, who are assertive, who, who, who are willing to, to face every task and not cry, make them feel that they're less than or there's some type of something bad about them because they, they are able to persevere, right? They don't fall to the, they don't, they're not going to overdose i'm not i'm not gonna go out and take a bunch of pills because somebody rejected me i'm not gonna go kill somebody i'm, I'm not meant so mentally unstable that i'm gonna risk my life and, and i'm gonna do things and i'm gonna cut my wrist right i don't need to feel bad because of that right i don't need to somebody say oh you you have this is toxic you you too strong or nobody wants to hear that like i don't want people to make men who don't have those issues who are strong and steadfast in who they are and able to persevere through shit. I don't want I don't want people to make us feel like it's something wrong with us. And that's what it feels like. It starts it's to feel not, like you start feeling it's attacked. Not, it's not but, but you start feel, but you can't tell me how we feel. I'm not saying what I'm not saying how you feel. I'm saying that the interpretation of what is being said in this moment, I think is 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 something that needs more exploration. Because what I'm saying is you're right. You should not feel bad because you are a cisgender heterosexual man who is who, who sees himself or is respected as an alpha male who believes in certain types of principles. You should not be. But I want you to know that that particular perspective that you come from has been accepted and has been the norm since forever, right? The people who have ha had to experience a lot of oppression, right, is 
cousin so-and-so who lived in the house or with the family who had to hide his or her truth because, because the community, I'm not saying you, I'm saying society said he was bad, wrong, ugly, stupid, too soft, or whatever, right? That has been a problem. And we all have to accept and admit and understand that the issue, you're right, that the way that people are going about it is trying to make your lifestyle and your perspective look bad and be toxic and wrong and violent and everything else. But we all have to acknowledge and understand that that has been done to another group of people. Yeah, for but you, a can't, long you can't, time. you can't, you can't, you can't make I up for that by shouldn't. doing it to so, But okay, my son, you arguing with the wrong person about that because I don't agree with it. I don't support it. I'm saying that we all need to acknowledge, though, that it has happened to other people. That there are people. There was a cousin who lived in your, who lived in your house or was in your family or was around who everybody knew was not exactly like some of the other individuals in the family who were heterosexual, who were whatever. They had some different things going on with them. And that person was more than likely, not today for the most part, you know, a lot of this still whatever, but at that time, that person was forced, li literally forcibly, okay, could have been by beating, it was by ridicule. It was by being isolated. They were treated a certain way that is harmful to the mental psyche of any human. So I'm, I'm only suggesting that we just need to see it from all sides. Those individuals who are doing the work of trying to uplift the stories and the voices and the, and the, and the humanity of people who are different right? Or, or, and I don't even want to say that they're different because I think even that is a little dangerous, but I hope that whoever's listening to this gives me some grace as I am also learning the language, right? But they are not like what society is saying is the norm, right? That those people, we have to recognize them and, 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 that, and that as you are advocating, we shouldn't be making anybody feel what their life or who they are, or how they stand in, in life and how they position themselves is bad. So this is, you're right, there's a balance and we should be able to talk about it and not feel we're gonna be canceled and, 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 and we're gonna be, you know, our careers are over because we are not able to have thoughtful conversations. But some of what's happening out here is not thoughtful, my son, it's actually hurtful. It's actually hurtful. And I don't, I don't deny that, I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm against anything that oppresses somebody else. I don't I don't stand for oppression. You know, I think everyone should be their true self and, and be able to live who they are without being ridiculed and oppressed. And that's the bottom line. What, what I eat don't make you shit and white person. You know, and, and that's just how I live my life. But, you know, we just, we, this is where we are. So, you know, chime in, y'all. You know, the fans, chime in. What do you think? Do you think, yeah. you know, that? what do you think about this topic, you know, once again, everyone should be able to live their truth, you know, and everybody should be able to be happy. You know, I just think that we have to do a better deal, a better job at, you know, stop the um the oppressing, the, the formerly oppressor becomes the oppressed. Like this, you know, just having yeah. this back and forth seesaw shit. Cause that 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 doesn't really do anything for anybody. So, you know, that's my take on it. Once again, another dope episode. Shout out to Tiffany Williams, Belago, 
PRJ. Make sure you <laughs> and get that dope clothing line because I'm going to get mine. I'm going to need my streetwear. You know what I'm saying? And, and once again, another dope episode. We appreciate you, Tiff. Tamika, you know, another good debate. You know, we get a little debate every now and then. We get a little one in. You know what I'm saying? So I appreciate your perspective. You know, you, you try not to talk over me as much. You're doing a lot better. You know, I appreciate it. Definitely right. appreciate it. You know, if y'all got anything y'all want us to talk about, let us know at Street Politician Pod on Instagram. DM us. Tell us what you love, what you hate. Continue to support us. We appreciate y'all. We appreciate y'all. You know what I want to ask y'all? Listen, me and Tamika, have been, we've been going over the name, a name change, right? We, you know, this is street politicians and we love our street politicians, but we was talking about a name change and we came up with the idea called TMI. You know, oh, to me- Now put it out there, we gotta either do it because they're gonna steal it. You shouldn't say it. You shouldn't Who's say it. They can't steal it. This is, our, this is our initials. Tamika and my son, information. Tamika no. and my son's information. TMI. Too much information. Tamika and Mike, we want to know if y'all think that'll be a dope title for our show. You said it. Nobody's going to steal out. Listen. I'm like, it's already, it's already copywritten. Before this show come out, it'll be copywritten. So don't even go try to take it. We got it. It's ours. TMI, what do y'all think? Should we change the, the, the new name to TMI? Do y'all think that's a dope name? Do y'all want to see us? Do y'all think we should stay street, street politicians? Like, let us know. Let us know what you think, man. I'm not going to always be right. Tamika D. Mallory is not going to always be wrong. But we will both always, and I mean always, be authentic. Peace, peace, peace. Listen to Street Politicians on the Black Effect Network on iHeartRadio. And catch us every single Wednesday for the video version of Street Politicians on iWomen.tv. That's how we own it! State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help. With funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's good, everybody? It's our favorite time of the year here at the Black Effect. We're headed down to Atlanta for the 2024 Black Effect Podcast Festival, and we're not going alone. Nissan is back as our partner, and they're continuing their Pitch Your Podcast Lounge at the festival, where you'll have the opportunity to pitch your podcast idea live and share it with the Black Effect team. So get those podcast ideas ready. And remember, you can count on Nissan to dial up the thrill in your adventures, no matter where life takes you. Visit blackeffect.com slash podcast festival for more details. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? 
but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.